Anyway, it's, it's just good to be together. It's, uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. You know, it's Christmas season. You guys, are you guys getting amped up for Christmas? You getting ready for it? You know, I, I really felt like, um, well, Tuesday night when we had our class, uh, there was, God gave me a word for someone in McMinnville, and, and uh, I feel like it, it's not just for that one person. I feel like it can be for many of us. You know, the Christmas season can be filled with anxiety, whether it's money and shopping and presents, uh, being able to or not being able to, dealing with crowds, dealing with family. You know, the... A lot of people have blended families, and it can be a very difficult time of the year. Even for those that aren't blended, it can be difficult. Whatever it is, you know, anxiety has its opportunity to step in, and we can grab hands with it, just like meeting somebody, you know. Nice to meet you, anxiety. Come and step on into my world. Come into my house. But I feel like then we don't choose that, you know, knowingly most of the time, although you might be have developed a habit where we just go to. That's our go-to friend. Anxiety makes me feel powerful, maybe, I don't know. But in reality, the Holy Spirit wants to come in where anxiety wants to come in, and he wants to be your Prince of Peace. He wants to give you peace like a river, overwhelming peace, overwhelming joy that will carry you through the season and into every day that you walk with him. So we're going to get started going to worship. And I do want to make a mention that, so you guys aren't caught off guard, in our worship set today, there will be just about a minute of silence. Now you might hear something, you know, people praying in the spirit, which is fine. I would encourage you just to allow yourself to just be still before the Lord. If you need to pray in the spirit, pray in tongues, go ahead and do that. If you just You know, we have these carpets. This is a small enough gathering. If you want to go lay out on the floor somewhere, they are fairly clean. I don't know how clean. People have been stepping on them, but it's there for you. If you need something soft to just lay out on, Um, whatever you want to do, if you just want to go deep with the Lord, allow him to show himself to you, allow him to speak to your spirit. You know, the word of God says that the thoughts he has towards us, they outnumber the sands of the sea. That means they're constantly moving. They're constantly, his thoughts are constantly on your life. So he has things he wants to share with us. He has thoughts that he wants to give you individually. Personal words. He wants to encourage you. He wants to tell you what he thinks of you. He wants to build you up and strengthen you. So... We're going to read a scripture, and then we're going to worship. So Ethan's going to help me out. Are you guys ready? You can read this with me. You want to stand up? Why don't we stand up? This is Psalm chapter 8. We're going to read this, and then we're going to blast right into worship. Yeah, you guys can read it out loud if you choose. You ready? All right, here we go. Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your splendor. Your glorious majesty streams from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. 
This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Look at the splendor of your skies, your creative genius glowing in the heavens. When I gaze at your moon and your stars, mounted like jewels in their settings, I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. But when I look up and see such wonder and workmanship above, I have to ask this question. Compared to all this cosmic glory, why would you bother with puny mortal man or be infatuated with Adam's sons? Yet, what an honor you have given to men, created only a little lower than Elohim, crowned like kings and queens with glory and magnificence. You have delegated to them, to us, mastery over all you have made, making everything subservient to their authority, placing earth itself under the feet of your image bearers. All the created order and every living thing of the earth, sky, and sea, the wildest beasts and all the sea creatures, everything is in submission to Adam's sons. Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your majesty. What glory streams from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. And so today, as your sons and daughters, as kings and queens, as your royal priesthood, we come boldly into your throne room, your throne of grace, and we come to offer sacrifices of praise, sacrifices of worship. We come to build a throne of worship for you to come and manifest your presence on today. We welcome you in this place, King Jesus. We say, come and inhabit the praises of your people. We love you, Lord. We love you, and we are forever grateful for what you have done and all that you have accomplished for us on the cross. We thank you and we worship you in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. precious you are. Thank you for your presence, Lord, that comes in and, as the song says, delivers us. You are a deliverer. Lord, there is everything that we need that is in you. We just bow our hearts to you, Lord, and we give our all. Thank you. Thank you that you are so good and so faithful. In Jesus' name. still a little bit. <clears throat> um, I had a couple of encounters this week I'd like to share with you. Um, I really prayed about it, but I feel that that's um, corporate. So I was praying in the Spirit this week, um, and just thinking about the testimony I gave last week about yielding everything to Him, and just kind of pondering that with Him. And I felt like He was telling me that we are like that alabaster box. Like when Mary brought the box and she opened the box and there was the expensive, fragrant oil inside. And her heart was, when she heard that Jesus was there, her heart was to go and anoint him, just, just to pour it all out. Because 
There is nothing that is too good to be bestowed on him. So when we think about who we are, what does he want from us? I mean, we can do all the good works we want, right? And that's important to do good works through his heart. But what he really wants is all of us. There's nothing inside of us that is too good or too precious that we cannot, as a living sacrifice, give to him. So I love that he showed me that we can be like the alabaster box, that we can break open our alabaster box and give everything inside that's so fragrant to him because he's worthy and he deserves it. The second encounter I had was just the other day. These are kind of new experiences for me. Um, This is the third trance that I've had. And... um, I just get this, uh, comes across me just to fall asleep. I'm just so, I can't keep my eyes open. And I lay down, and I have an experience. And it feels like I have the experience, and I, I wake right up. I don't know. I don't know how long it is. But um, I, that came over me the other day. I just felt so tired, and I fell asleep. And immediately what I saw was a man's mouth. And it reminds me of Jesus. And I don't know whether it was a Jesus encounter or not. I usually know specifically that that's what it is but I saw a man's mouth and he had his hand cupped out and in his hand was diamonds but they didn't look like I mean I saw them shimmering and glittering like diamonds but as he's putting them in his mouth and he's saying eat the diamonds and I'm looking and they're glowing and they're moving and they become like these little orbs like the size of marbles And please don't get hung up on symbology, on symbolic things, because he brings symbolism to us to speak to us. And so as he's eating the diamonds, he then says, um, eat the diamonds that your spiritual eyes will be enlightened. Well, in the Bible, it tells us about the bread. It tells us about the water. It tells us about the honey. So it's just another symbol of, for me, in my heart, in my spiritual heart, was his presence, his word, everything about him. He wants to give it all to us, like gems. And in the same way that you need bread and water to survive, and it's a deliberate act on your part, you have to go and get these things in order to survive. So it is with us as believers, to be abiding in him, that we just need to really uh, press in and deliberately look for that bread and that nourishment and those gems or those pearls or the honey um, that he provides for us. I'd like to read a scripture to you. Sorry, I need eyes. (laughs) This is uh, in Ephesians uh, 1, 17 through 18, and Scott pointed this out to me this morning. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So he's there every moment of the day to invade your life, to invade your heart, He comes and he rewires our mind, he rewires our thinking if we offer ourselves every day as a living sacrifice. And it's done out of love. Thank you. Sorry. Does anybody else have a word?
You know, um, I think it's really important that, in reminding of my testimony last week when we're sharing things that the Lord has done, but I found that it's equally important that we hear what the Lord is speaking to one another because it, that's what edifies and encourages and builds up our church. I feel like what I have <clears throat> ties right in with that. <clears throat> when we were worshiping, I just, I, I found myself looking down. I had my eyes closed, but I was just looking down and, and I, it looked like I was just standing on a pile of gold. You've seen those treasure movies where you, know, you go into the cave and it's just the gold is there. And I felt like the Lord was, was saying that, that this is my treasure and it is unlimited. And then I was reminded of this scripture from Proverbs 25 and it says in verse 2, it is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. And I felt like with that scripture that Naira just read, that he was showing me that that treasure that he has, he's hidden it. He's hidden it in people. It's not buried in the dirt some, well, it might be covered by dirt, but there is buried treasure in people. And that scripture that Naira just read, you know, the, that God would give us the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and that, that our, the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened so that we would know the glorious inheritances in his holy people. So God has put treasure in people and it's, it's massive. It's huge. And you know, uh, Kahala, I know that last time you're here, I had a word for you and I just, I felt like again, you know, you with your Hawaiian background and, and I was just reminded of, of the fragrance. We've got to go to Hawaii this year for our first time and to um, uh, Kauai and uh, it was awesome. Don't know how you'd want to live here and not there, but whatever, you know, we're happy that you're here. But I just was reminded of that and the fragrance and I feel like that like the Lord wants you to know that you are just a fragrant flower to him, like an orchid, like one of those yellow, is that the Hawaiian state flower? Okay. Yeah. I was just seeing that and I just felt like, you know, he wants you to know that you are a, a, a pleasing offering, of a pleasing aroma to him. I felt like he just wants you to know that he's going to release something new in your heart, like a I felt like healing of your heart, but I don't, I'm not saying that there's wounds in your heart, but I just feel like he wants you to know that he is going to be breathing new life and a new season into your heart. So you come over here. She's going to come up and do you, do you need to jump in on that before I hand it to Marilyn? And if anybody else goes. As Scott is speaking to you and prophesying over you, I saw Mapuana. I mean, does that mean Pearl. I saw Mapuana and Pearl, and that as whatever it is that he's doing in your heart, and, and that that is the inside of your heart, I saw it as like a pearl is glowing, that, that whatever he deposits in there, he's going to use, that it's going to become Mapuana, become Pearl. Well, that just changed what I came up for originally. When she said that to you, what I saw was I saw a great big pearl shell, you know, the oyster shell kind of thing, and you were inside of that. And when it opened up, that you had, like, some red spots, if you will, 
as where the sand chafes inside to begin the process of the pearl. And then when it opens up, that piece is done. And you walk out. You're no longer in that shell in process. You are now out. You are radiant. And you are to be seen by others. And they will say, she's a beauty. And that's what the Lord's doing in you. That's what he's doing in you. What I originally thought I was coming up to share just briefly is, I'm just so grateful for this body. I, you know, my husband and I both came out of some really tough marriage backgrounds. And we say all the time, isn't it nice to come home and you know it's safe? Isn't it nice that you come home and nobody says, well, you haven't cleaned up your mess from putting Christmas up yet, or, you know, we don't live that lifestyle. It's just, isn't it nice? And I walk in this church and I think, isn't it nice? There's nobody I have to tiptoe around. There's nobody I have to go, well, she hurt my feelings. There's nobody that I have to be concerned about I mean, even the very first or second week I came here, I didn't know it, but I, I put a big knife to, to um, Forrest's neck. You know, well, you know me, Tribe. You know how I joke. I didn't even know it. Scott had to say, I go, I'm really sorry. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, trust me with a knife at your neck. It's all a joke, right? But I just want to say thank you. Thank you. It's so nice to walk in here. And it, it for me, it's beyond family. It, it's like an expansion of the tribe because we've gone we've been here long enough we've gone through ins and outs and all arounds and what are we going to do and not do but it is just so easy to be here so i just want to say thank you we got a little confrontation we'll be doing later on so i'm glad you uh warned everybody that you're good (laughs) just teasing all right I'll be waiting for it in the mail. You might get lost in the mail, though. All right, so... uh, So my my beautiful bride, she's going to bring the word today. Not to make you nervous. Here, let's scoot you up a little bit. All right. Fire. Yeah, don't do that. I might not be standing up here. Oh, good morning. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, you know, we have school on Tuesdays. And uh, one of the things that um, really hit me was um, I heard one of our preaches was Eric Johnson. And he ended up talking about um, how we get conspiracy theories in our heads. And then a while back I had heard um, Bill, he was preaching on like fear and anxiety, and I thought, man, this topic just keeps coming up for me over and over, and it's something God's really been working on in my life, is <laughs> not getting conspiracy theories in my head, and um, so, my eyes twitching, uh, so the other day I had made a comment, I was like, people need to stop getting conspiracy theories in their head, that means us too, like we need to knock it off, and Scott's like, so, when are you going to preach on that, and I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, never. So I go to get ready, and I'm in the shower, and God just gives me this download, and I was like, I guess I'm going to be preaching on this. So, and then God's given me lots of opportunity to work through it, too, so that's always great. So 
Yeah. <laughs> You're, yeah, exactly. You're going to talk about this? Here you go. So um, I asked God, I said, what causes us to do that? Why do we feel like we need to get, like this whole scenario going on in our heads about even stupid little things? And he, God told me it's fear. And fear causes anxiety. And so therefore, we go there. <laughs> And we try and create something on our heads that makes us feel better. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. So um, one of the things he was showing me was that anxiety affects love. And it allows fear to affect love. It affects our relationship with God, our creativity, and our identity. With God, he doesn't abandon us. But our awareness of him kind of gets pushed off to the side because of our fear, our anxiety. And then in our way of creativity, you know, we're made in his image, and when we're not communing with him, when we're not, um, when we lose our lack of intimacy with him, our creativity doesn't necessarily get pushed off, although it probably could, um, but it's not the same as when we're, when we're spending that time with God. And then he showed me with identity that we're no longer operating out of our identity, who we are in Christ, but we're operating out of a spirit of fear. And that's a big one. Ethan, you want to put slide one up for me, buddy? Second Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Um, if the enemy can get us to compromise our first love, our love with God, then we will lose our sense of identity. And that just affects everything else. Um, it causes us to lose track of the tools that we've been given and the authority he's given us. Because if we're in fear, then we're not going to walk in that authority because we don't think we have anything to offer. So we need to go back. We need to think back. Like, okay, what happened if, let's say, today? What happened? Where did that fear come in? And go back, and is it a phone conversation? Is it an email? What happened? And you go back, and you say, ah, that's where I lost my peace. And you need to pick that peace back up and walk in that and keep that as your lifestyle. You need to just repent and move forward again. Because peace in the kingdom is so profound that... It's not a lack of something, but it's a lack of someone. If we're not in a lifestyle of prayer, yeah. Um, then if we're not abiding in that place of prayer and fill our minds with truth, then we're going to be distracted by battles that aren't even ours to, to battle out. Ethan, you want to do slide two, buddy? Thanks. So Philippians 4, 4. Through, it'll be through eight, but you'll get there. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, 
whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So we have right here scripture telling us to rejoice and to pray over everything and to fill your house or your mind with the right things. I would even say sometimes in prayer, if we're, and that might sound weird, but praying too much about something, instead of just saying, God, I'm just giving this to you and walk away from it and let him deal with it. There's going to be times when we need to battle out in prayer, but um, there are times, I think, when we overcomplicate it, which causes us anxiety about it. So sometimes we need to just be like, God, I'm just going to give this to you and just leave it and walk away from it instead of going on and on about it. Or find your heart, find his heart in the matter. Find out what he has to say about it. When we begin to submit ourselves to the inferior, we allow anxiety and stress to fill our minds with the what ifs that have no life in them. Say it again, okay. When we begin to submit ourselves to the inferior, we allow anxiety and stress to fill our minds with the what ifs that have no life in them. So here's a really funny example. Well, it's funny to me. So um, Eric and Candace, Eric shared this <laughs> when he was talking about this, that his uncle was supposed to go on this missions trip to Africa, and he heard that his uncle couldn't go, and he thought, oh boy, I'm going. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. So he went to the office, and the lady in the office says, oh, by the way, I have your passport for you and all the paperwork you need. And he's like, no, I'm not going. And she's like, no, you're going. And so it was the night, I think the night before, was it the night before they left? Him and Candace were sitting on the couch together, just crying their eyes out, like snot running everywhere, because he swore up and down that he, that plane was going to crash, and he was not going to come back to see his new bride. He had convinced himself, they both had convinced themselves so much that something bad was going to happen that he didn't want to go. I'm like, well, I kind of related to that when we went to the Dominican Republic, but I made it home. So, and now it's all gone. So, but he, they came up with a scenario in their heads that wasn't even truth. It's not anything that was even going to happen. God was sending them and God's our protector. So when we feel anxious, we bring something that is inferior in. And I believe this is where we begin to gather those conspiracy theories in our heads, like <laughs> what they did, where, oh, the plane's gonna go down, I'm gonna die, and I'll never make it home. Yeah, we can, our brains can really go there. It's really crazy to me. So we don't wanna fuel stress and anxiety or whatever is on us. We don't want to fuel that with these crazy little thoughts that end up in our head. Yeah. Ethan, slide three, please, bud. Thanks. First John 4, 18. And I did this King James. Well, it's the new King James, but because I really liked what it said about fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. We all know that if we fall deep into fear, it torments us. It drives us, and that's because we think that something's going to happen. That is not going to happen. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We need to go back to the love of the Father and how it's so perfect. 
We need to stay away from conspiracy, conspiracy theories, getting my words mixed up. They're poison. They will get you so focused on what isn't truth that it will take all your time and effort. It'll leave you drained for anything God has for you. It will cause you to reject any leadership and rob you of the land you are called to take. Yeah. They will, the conspiracy theory will cause you to reject any leadership and rob you of the land you are called to take. Yeah. Happened to the Israelites, right? I thought I had something else, but I don't think I put it down. Anyway. We should see how Jesus sees. We should look through the lenses of our Father. We should always be looking for the golden people and believing the best in people. Our responses in life are either love, in love, or in fear. And we need to choose love. Because love represents our Father well. It's the nature of God. And every lie that we believe comes from the demonic realm. So when we start feeling those lies coming, we need to rebuke them. We need to stop in our tracks and say, no, I'm not going to partner with you. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to walk the other way. I'm going to walk in the love. Because love is what changes lives. We have life and death is life and death is in the power of the tongue so we need to choose what we want to do I kind of blasted through that but that's okay let me go through it again <laughs> I'll read it all all over again <laughs> no yeah I think what I'd like to do is if anyone, and we all do deal with this on, there's, I'm, there's not one person who doesn't ever deal with this, and we all deal, deal with it on different levels. So I'm going to say, I would like actually all of you just to stand. Yes. <laughs> group Sozo. <laughs> would you come lead the group Sozo, please? There you go. Man, I wish you would go back over that again. Can, I just want to mention one thing. Um, what was the last part that I had you repeat? This one right here. So I, don't re I didn't want her to repeat that because it said leadership and like, <laughs> we're leaders. Like, we all have leaders in our lives. There's usually a leader in the home. Parents, husbands, wives together, co-leading. Um, but when we, when we begin to fear, it will cause us to reject their leadership. Yeah. The gift that God has put in that person who he has designed to lead in a healthy way. And then it can rob us of the land that he's given us to take. It just seems like it messes all things up. It, you know, that when we operate in that spirit, that spirit of fear, and it is a spirit. I mean, we get afraid, and that's an emotion, you know, but, but it attracts. It attracts something from a different kingdom. And what God wants us to do is walk in his perfect love, his power, his love, and soundness of mind. 
in those strongholds. That's what the lies that we we hear, the lies, it's like a bird's flying over and one will land on your head and it'll start peeping a lie and we get to choose. Do we want to let this lie make a nest? Get cozy in there, lay some eggs? <laughs> or do we want to like pop that sucker off? And so I think the opportunity for all of us, this is, I think this is Christianity 101. You know, we be transformed by renewing your mind. And then you'll know God's perfect will. He's can test and approve his good, pleasing, perfect will. And also, these are the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal. They're mighty through God to pull down strongholds. And those strongholds are lies. They're lies. They become these fortresses in our thinking if we allow it to build. So we can do a little walk through and maybe just... Uh, most of us deal with this off and on. I think all of us do. So why don't we just do a little prayer and we'll, we'll be done. Is that, is that yeah. cool? Also, when we're done, if you want... Um, it's okay. You did good. You did good. Yeah, it was good. You didn't blast too fast. It was good. Um, but if anyone wants prayer, personal prayer afterwards, you know, we can go a little bit even deeper. If, if you're really struggling with a stronghold of anxiety or fear... So let's just pray. This, this is kind of uh, something that we can do regularly, daily, if we want. So we just, we come before you, Father. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are here and that we are, we are in your family room. And we're right before your, your big recliner, so to speak, <laughs> your throne. And uh, God, Father, we just, we just approach you as our dad, as our daddy God. We thank you that you, you are the truth speaker. You speak into our identity. You speak into our provision. You speak into our protection. And we thank you that you are a mighty God and you are big and you are on our side. So, Father God, as individuals together, we just ask you today, Father, are there any lies that I'm believing and so you can ask that yourself now. Father God, am I believing any lies? If I have any anxiety about the future, even today or tomorrow or next year, is there a lie that I'm believing about that situation? Is there a lie, Father God, that I'm believing about you? Is there a lie that I'm believing about the people that are in this situation that might be seeming to cause my fear and anxiety? Is there a lie I'm believing about myself? Is there any lie that I'm believing about my circumstances? And if so, Father, we, we invite you to just release your spirit over us now and highlight, show us anything that we're believing that is not truth. And we take this, this lie, this untruth, and we bring it to you and say, Father God, we choose today to renounce this lie and we want to give it to you. We want to place it at your feet. And we just ask you, what will you give us in exchange for the lie? Mm -hmm. 
We thank you, Father, that you are always in the business of upgrades, that you are always ready to upgrade us from lies to truth, to defeat, from defeat to victory, from low-life, earthly, tail-end thinking to heavenly-minded, victorious, the head of the church thinking. And we just plug ourselves into the mind of Christ. We are your body, Lord Jesus, and you are our head. And we thank you that you have made available to us your wisdom, that you have become for us wisdom and righteousness. Thank you, Lord. God, we just take these tools and we take this reminder today, this awareness of fear and anxiety, and we just say, let fear and anxiety become, not not fear and anxiety itself, but let our bodies, let our response system in our that you've designed us to respond to situations with, let it have like a, an engine warning light that flashes when fear and anxiety starts to creep in. God, we pray today that you would highlight that over every person in this room. When fear, as subtle as it can be, and anxiety starts to creep in, and a lie from the enemy tries to come in and take root, we just ask you, Lord, we, we open up our hearts and we say, cause us to have a sensitivity to your spirit regarding truth and lies. And we thank you that you have not abandoned us, but that you have given us tools to trade and to reject what is false and to trade up, to trade up to kingdom treasures, to kingdom realities, to kingdom truth. We thank you that you say who we truly are, that we are your royal sons and daughters, and that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. We just trust you today. We thank you and we put our faith, our hope, and our trust in your unchanging, unfailing love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.